0: are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Wednesday episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Draft season is upon us, y'all, and that means in-depth draft analysis, new evaluations and draft guides dropping like crazy, and, of course, wild reports and reporting galore. Now, yesterday we talked about the Larry Warford story from The Athletic. Well, 12Up.com came through to one-up those guys not once, not twice, not three times, but five times with wild draft projections involving Saints running back Alvin Kamara. Now we'll talk about those projected trades and share some, we'll say, thoughts about them just to have a little bit of fun. But first, a new private visit was made known. So we'll take a look at the Saints' newest top 30 visit that never was, Alohi Gilman, safety out of Notre Dame and then of course we'll wrap up today's show with a look at 5th round prospects at wide receiver, linebacker, and offensive line. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Let's start off with some real news today. The Saints have drafted at least one defensive back every single season of the Sean Payton era. Could Notre Dame safety Alohi Gilman be next? That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. Justin Mello of USA Today's Draft Wire shared on Twitter yesterday that Notre Dame safety Alohi Gilman had a pre draft visit scheduled with the Saints, a top 30 visit before the coronavirus pandemic caused a shutdown of all facility visits. So while Gilman and the Saints have not reconnected via a FaceTime meeting as of this point in the offseason, a top 30 visit of which teams have a limited amount is still. Pretty meaningful. I mean, particularly for a day three prospect like Gilman. Remember uh Saints linebacker Caden Ellis, who did not participate in the senior bowl and didn't get an invite to the combine, was a top 30 visit last season and was still selected in the sixth round. So Alohi Gilman, five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds, put up a four-six 32 thirty-two-inch vert, nine foot eleven inch broad jump, and seventeen bench reps at the combine. He was a 2019 team captain for Notre Dame and did most of his work with the fighting iris as a strong safety, so he didn't play that ball hawk role. Most of the people that you ask about Gilman will tell you that he's more of a box safety that who isn't super great in deep coverage, but still a very positive asset to his team. Matt Clark, who covers the Fighting Irish over at Fan Sided Slap the Sign, told me that he isn't super fast or athletic, but the kid is a tackling machine, oozes leadership, high football IQ, elite character, and all the intangibles to be a good NFL player. So that's pretty high praise there. And most of that is also followed up by The Athletic's Dane Bruce. Googler, who writes in his draft guide, overall Gilman lacks the fluidity and feel to be a reliable man coverage player versus NFL receivers, but he sniffs out plays with his football IQ and toughness, projecting as a sub package defensive back and a special teamer. So projected as a day three pick, Gilman definitely fits the mold for the Saints as a special teamer for sure. Coach Payton mentioned that he wanted to continue to address the kicking game with players like Gilman or even Maryland's Antoine Brooks are really really perfect options for that role. In terms of the defensive. Fit. on the other hand Gilman sounds like he played maybe the Von Bell role if given a chance on defense a box safety that can tackle and can be active in the run game no sacks in his college career so it's likely that he'd see the one role in run support unless he was able to develop further with his NFL club now is he going to get that opportunity very unlikely even if he were selected by the Saints and if the Saints were to take him Gilman would likely be taken in the fifth or sixth round out of those two selections for New Orleans with the hopes of giving him a shot as a special teamer and and proving himself as a special teams asset while also giving him a chance to show whether or not he can provide more because the Saints have a lot of depth at the safety position with Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, DJ Swearinger, Saquon Hampton, and JT Gray there. It makes it tough to break in on the defensive side and with Hampton and Gray also in line for big special teams roles in addition to other defensive backs like Justin Hardy, it would be pretty tough for Gilman to really carve out his role and carve out his fit within New Orleans but an interesting look here from the Saints who have a stable at safety but still willing to take a look at some of the players that they think might be potential fits for the team so keep an eye out for the name Alohi Gilman if he ends up being the best player available in the fifth or sixth round but don't be surprised if his name gets called for New Orleans. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to have a little bit of fun taking a look at these five wild trade projections from 12up.com. I clicked so that you don't have to, so we'll talk about those trades, what the Saints would get in return, and we'll talk about the reality of uh, trading Alvin Kamara because I have seen people take this into serious conversation, so we'll hold our end of it here on the show as well. got that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, then I'm sure that you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you might not know that Locked On Saints is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Saints fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the ability to reach local podcast listeners, but not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. So if your company wants to connect with Saints fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked on podcast local fans love to support local businesses text the word advertising to 33777 or visit locked on slash advertising and let us know who you are we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success once again text the word advertising to 33777 or visit locked on slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you all right, y'all. So yesterday we talked a little bit about this Larry Warford trade that the Athletic.com was talking about in their, you know, they, they did a, an article looking at potential trades that would quote unquote make sense before or, or during this offseason. And 12 up.com took to took it upon themselves yesterday to drop five different articles Uh, that basically have the exact same headline (laughs) talking about the Saints making trades involving Alvin Kamara with the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Eagles, and the Lions. So we'll talk a little bit about each one of these trades. Again, like I mentioned, I clicked so that you don't have to. This is just about us having a little bit of fun conversation here because there is actually an interesting conversation amongst the Saints fans that this did bring about in terms of would you keep Alvin Kamara around or not? So let's have that conversation and we'll kind of go point counterpoint all the way through it. So let's talk about the trade first. So the first trade that they talked about was uh, Alvin Kamara to the Bills for a third and fifth rounder. Then they also talked about Alvin Kamara to the Colts, or to the Eagles for a second and fifth rounder. So you'll see no first rounders involved here, and a lot of that has to do with the way that, you know, running back trade markets are. The last big running back trade that we've really seen in the NFL in terms of sizable one would probably be the Trent Richardson trade, and we all know how that ended. So I completely understand why you don't go directly into this article throwing out, like, first rounds and stuff like that if you want people to take it seriously. Now, it gets to be a little bit more crazy as they go through, AK to the Chiefs for Damian Williams, for guard uh, Laurent duvernay Cardiff and a third round pick. So basically that's a running back for a running back, a guard and a third round pick. Sure. And then they also have this big trade, which is one that gained the most traction because of what it ended up yielding for the Saints. The Saints trading Alvin Kamara, a 2020, so this year's first and third rounder, number 24 and 88 overall, as well as a 2021 first rounder and getting back the Lions third overall pick from this draft so that they could then draft to a tug Now, here's my thing. I have absolutely no problems with Tua Tagovailoa. I like him, and I think that he's going to be a very good quarterback if he can stay healthy. But this makes absolutely no sense to me. (laughs) I'm being completely honest. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Now, clearly, these five articles are all uh, clickbait, right? So like I mentioned, and I'll say it again, I clicked. You don't have to. So don't go out and support this kind of stuff. But again, it is interesting because now we can discuss amongst ourselves uh, without rewarding that kind of an approach to gathering site visits, right? So these articles are all posted on the same day. They're all posted yesterday, Tuesday. There are no timestamps, so I can't confirm it, but I bet just about anything that they were all posted within an hour from one another. Uh, so look, here's what the projections are playing off of because this is actually the interesting part of this conversation. I mean, is there value in getting... to? Uh, uh, getting Tua to New Orleans? Sure, absolutely, there's there's value in that because you get a potential starting quarterback. Is that something that the Saints are after? We have no idea, but I'm going to probably bet no in terms of trying to leap up and trade that far. So, and especially giving up an asset like Alvin Kamara. So, let's talk a little bit about this. So, here's one of the points basically, and that I've seen a lot of people use uh, Brandon Cooks and Jimmy Graham trades. If you look back at those, those are the Saints refusing to pay big money for offensive contributors when they know that they can get that offensive contribution elsewhere. It's a very good analysis, but also until Jared Cook arrived in New Orleans, the Saints haven't had a good tight end since Jimmy Graham. So, can they really replace those offensive contributors? Not so well. Now, the reality of this situation, uh, the Saints paid Michael Thomas nearly $100 million just all last offseason. Those guys, in terms of Brandon Cooks and Jimmy Graham, had really bad attitude issues and had really sort of worked themselves into a rut with the team. Jimmy Graham took the Saints to litigation on his franchise tag amount. Don't forget that. That is not what's going on with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara got hurt last year, and his production slumped a little bit because of it, but it was more so because of the injury, as opposed to, I'm not getting paid the amount of money that I want, or I'm not seeing the type of play that I want, much like Brandon Cooks, who was just mad he wasn't getting the deten- the attention that he felt that he deserved on the field. And I don't mean that in a diminishing way, I mean attention in terms of targets and target share and things like that, but when you have the best wide receiver in the NFL lineup opposite you, that's going to happen. So shout out Michael Thomas. More reality to this point. The Saints it's also had a very fresh Drew Brees. That could turn anyone to a contributor at that time. Now this is likely Drew Brees' final year and you can't bet on that type of elevating quarterback play for the next guy after Drew Brees. So you keep the weapons that you know and you keep the weapons that you have and continue to build this team based upon what you're walking into, not what you have in 2020. The next point, the Saints can't afford Alvin Kamara's extension. I saw that a lot, but also the salary cap of course rises every single season. The new TV contract could add up to $40 million in team spending. That's the estimation that will end of raising the salary cap up to 220 million dollars or even as high as 240 million dollars from the present 198 million dollars. So even if it goes to the lowest part of that, that's still a 20 million dollar increase per year or or uh coming up into this next season and that's Perfect for the Saints to be able to afford that uh, that new contract and that extension. Also, remember that the contract structures that they've crafted so far have been really smart and they're allowing a lot of money to open up when Kamara's extension, as well as Lattimore and Ramchick's fifth year options would kick in starting next season. Next point running backs don't matter. Well, they certainly do in Sean Payton's offense. Look at the Super Bowl year 2009, in 2009, uh, in 2011, which is one of the most prolific offenses we've ever seen in the NFL, as well as 2017, where the team played extremely well. Some of the best offenses that we've seen in New Orleans were in those three years, sixth and rushing in 2009, sixth and rushing in 2011, fifth and rushing in 2007, the three seven and I'm sorry, 2017, the three seven and nine seasons, 13th, 24th and 16th in the run in 2014 through 2016, respectively. Sean off offense benefits from a top-running attack. This past season, the team was only 16th, and everybody knew it, right? Everyone talked about how much more the Saints could be doing in the run game and that the run game was sorely lacking. Damian Johnson from the Chiefs, getting him back after a trade for Alvin Kamara to get you a third-round pick and some guard— You're not going to get that with them. Uh, The last point that I'll talk about here is that the Saints can draft Alvin Kamara's replacement. The reality, the Saints can draft another running back. Every single team in the NFL for the last two years has been trying to find, quote unquote, the next Alvin Kamara, and they've all failed to do so. So keep them while you have them. That's my only point when it comes to the idea of replacing Alvin Kamara. Can you get another viable running back? Yes. Can you get a replacement for Alvin Kamara in this offense, in Sean Payton's scheme, with the playmaking ability that he has? Not so sure about that. All right. So coming up next, we'll jump back into the draft. We'll talk about one prospect at each running—nope, not running back. See, y'all got me on running backs now. On wide receiver, offensive line, and linebacker in the fifth round as we go round by round through the draft. we got that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day all right family that was a fun conversation but let's go ahead and get into the nfl draft now Uh, we're going round by round first through seventh taking a look at one prospect at each of the largest positions of need for the saints right now we've kind of broken it down to linebacker wide receiver and offensive lineman and of course we're always looking for a versatile offensive lineman and we've got one for you today but let's start over on the defensive side as always we'll start with linebacker and let's show the uh, lsu tigers some love a fifth round linebacker from the lsu tigers so no we're not talking about patrick queen here but it's Said we're talking about Jacob Phillips, six foot three, 230 pounds, so pretty good size, although he could stand to add a little bit of weight. He was the SEC leader in 2019 in tackles with 113, and he also had 87 back in 2018. So a couple good years of production there. An active tackler with a nose for the ball, uh, more of a two-down linebacker in college, so not as strong in coverage, but again, an excellent, excellent tackler. He had a 39-inch vertical at the combine, which means he also has some nice explosion tucked away kind of needs to learn how to translate that out onto the field because you don't necessarily see that in his reps so you know a fifth round prospect with a little bit of work for Michael Hodges uh, in the wings as well now day three for Darren Rizzi and the Saints has been coined special teams day in the draft and Phillips would definitely be an outstanding special teamer as well as some durable linebacker depth he's not going to jump into a starting role more than likely but of course erase your biases as uh, Sean Payton always said and as he learned from uh, Bill Parcells they talked about it in the 2006 rebirth re-air you have to erase your bias of draft position and just give these guys an opportunity to come out and improve them Jacob Phillips would be somebody that I'd be willing to bet on at least to become a core special teamer and earn his stripes, especially again with all of that tackling ability as well as 466 speed, he'd be an excellent addition in kick coverage units but of course, unlikely to come in and take a starting role like his college teammate Patrick Queen would, but could still play a valuable role that is very much needed in New Orleans and across the NFL. Now, let's jump over to the offensive side. As always, we go next here to offensive line. Let's talk about Natani Moody out of Fresno State. Now, some of you might have heard me say that name and go, wait, 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 that guy's a first or a second or a third rounder, a day two guy and everything. He certainly is in talent, but I can't really think of a, any prospect with a wider gap in draft projections right now than Natani Moody. Some of them have him as a fifth rounder because of his extensive injury history, and I mean extensive, but also if you look at him as just a prospect, you look at what's already on tape in terms of when he's on the field, this guy's a late day one, early day two talent. He played at both left guard and left tackle for the Bulldogs over the course of the 14 games that he played in 2017 after re, red shirting in 2016, but since then, he's only only appeared in five games two in 2018, three in 2019. He gets knocked a lot for having short arms, but we've seen special players come into the NFL and succeed otherwise, and despite having the whole less than 33-inch arm threshold thing at the tackle position. This is a guy that can also play guard. He can swing. He can be somebody that can be your left tackle, left guard kind of look. Moody has all of that talent. Despite not doing agility and speed drills and things like that at the combine because of his foot injury, he did still participate in terms of measurements as well as the bench press at the combine and put up 44 bench reps. That's outstanding. At 225 pounds, I can't even think of of, of raising 225 pounds in the air 44 times. Like, I can't even fathom that for myself or for at all, period. And that strength definitely translates on his tape because you can see him being tenacious and punishing off the line. When he's healthy, he's athletic, he's mobile, he plays through the whistle, always looking for work on the offensive line, not a guy that's going to take snaps off, but the trouble is keeping him on the field. And the injuries that he suffered already are pretty substantial, an Achilles injury as well as a Liz Frank injury. So not only is it the fact that he has been injured, but it's also the nature of those injuries that factor into this drop and draft status as well. But if you're okay with rolling the dice in day three, which it should be, uh, Moody could be a guy that could pay back some huge dividends for any team that does decide to take that risk in the fifth round. Now, let's jump over to wide receiver, perhaps most prominent or important position for the Saints draft. So we'll talk about Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. Dylan, if you're listening to this, you're welcome. Uh, six foot three, 210 pounds. He had a big 2019 with 86 catches for 1,171 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's not a super fast receiver at 4.61, but honestly, it doesn't really matter. He's an adept route runner, although he wasn't asked to run a large variety of routes at Oregon. But you can see it in his footwork, you can see it in his concentration, and you can see it in his execution that you can expand on his route tree during training camp. He's got a pro catch radius and fantastic hands. Only had one drop in 2019. 19 on those 86 catches. He's second in the Oregon State record books for career touchdowns with 20 behind only former State Brandon Cooks, who had 24. So they've shown that they like the Oregon State products that come in and score a bunch of touchdowns before, although Isaiah Hodges is a very different type of receiver than Brandon Cooks and maybe even a little bit more team-oriented with a better attitude as well. He worked his way into becoming the top option at Oregon State with three years as a starter. He's got great skills, but it's his inability to create separation with speed that is likely the thing that drops him in the draft stock, remember? in terms of NFL evaluators and scouts and and everything. Look, the NFL loves speed, and this guy doesn't have that, and so that's going to knock him down even though he has – just about everything else. So he's a great possession receiver option for the Saints should they decide to double up at the position or just decide to go for that type of a receiver in the draft. Instead of going for that early, they can wait and then get a guy like Isaiah Hodgins later on in day three. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Now make sure you tell your smart device to play podcast, The Draft Dudes, and it's going to take you to Joe and Kyle, who are going to continue to get you ready for the NFL draft and everything going on around the league. I will see you all tomorrow with our interview with Zach Sammert. Tino right guard from Dartmouth. And then on Friday, we'll continue to just get you ready for the draft and continue to move forward through the week. Of course, we know that Drew Brees has now been named to an all-decade team, even if it's not the NFL's official all-decade team. So I'll give you my thoughts on Pro Football Focus, giving him that honor. And then, of course, all of the news that comes up between now and then. So I will see y'all tomorrow. And I thank you very much, as always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you mom and him. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show, and if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, drop that five star rating, and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to That Nation. I'll at you.